0: And welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Hello, everyone. How's it going? How was your day? Hope it was a good start to the week for everybody. Uh, you know, I had a thought today. I'm going I'm to play some uh, videos in a few seconds because on yesterday's show, which was very rowdy, actually one of our uh, best listened to shows so far, a very rowdy discussion about uh, COVID and the COVID policies and the vaccines and vaccine efficacy and masks and so on and so forth. And what I have found uh, through the last two, well, almost two and a half years now, right? We're coming on two and a half years of this, Um, is that if people don't get it by now, you can't make them get it. If people don't want to listen to reason, if people don't want to listen to logic, if people don't want to listen to facts, if people don't want to listen to evidence, you can't make them. So if, if people haven't gotten it after two and a half years of this, if people haven't gotten it by now, gotten it, you're not going to make them get it. And you're just going to bash your head against the wall. But you know, if this was something that happened 30 years ago, we had to really dig for evidence, I'd say, oh, what a pain in the ass. But we don't, because we can just go back to last year, just about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and we can, I'll, I'll play videos of Fauci and Trudeau talking about how the vaccines are so great that they'll get us to herd immunity, get us back to normal and eradicate the disease. Of course, none of which has happened. As we know, Justin Trudeau laughably, laughably came down with COVID, I believe, for at least the second time yesterday. But before that, I want you to think about the incompetence of Joe Biden. How incompetent Joe Biden has been for, what, about a year and a half now? It's been about a year and a half he's been in office. Now, think about this. I just mentioned two and a half years, right? I just mentioned two and a half years of COVID. So think about from the time COVID began to now, it's about two and a half years almost. Think of how long that's been. That's how much further we have to go with the Biden administration. That's how much time is left. Do you know how much damage Joe Biden can do? Now, there are people are asking for his resignation, and we hear this we hear this right We hear this from the from the left with Trump. We hear it from the right with Obama. We hear it all the time, right? The opposing party, for some reason always wants the president to resign. And of course, that's never going to happen. But in this case, I think I think people who want him to resign, mostly on the right, but some on the left, have a good point. They have a great point. This guy is a disaster. He is a fool. He is in stage something dementia. I don't know if it's one, two, three, It's so like cancer. He's a total incompetent fool, and he will never admit to being wrong. This man never admits to being wrong. He blames everyone else. He blames not just people. He blames, he blames viruses. He blames nature. <laughs> the guy blames nature for gas prices and inflation. He's incompetent. And the disaster we're heading into in this country And actually the world, right, because they consider the president of the United States leader of the quote unquote free world. Well, we know we've learned over the last two and a half years the world is far from being free. But this is a disaster, a total disaster. And really, when I thought about that today, that we still have as much time left between now and the end of Biden's presidency as has passed between the beginning of COVID and now, that's a long freaking time. I don't like to be one of those, you know, like alarmists. You know, the climate change people like climate change people back in 1980 said by the year 2000, we'd have no world anymore. And of course we did. And then in 2000, they said by 2020, we definitely won't have a world anymore. And here we are. So these ridiculous uh, climate change uh, alarmists who who, who uh, inspire the boy that cried wolf theories. We never believe anything now. Right. And we saw this during COVID. Right? We saw Gavin Newsom. No one talks about this, but Gavin Newsom. At the beginning of COVID, like in March or April of 2020, said that 30 he said 26 million Californians were gonna get it quickly. Very quickly. Twenty-six million Californians out of 40 million were gonna come down with COVID in 2020. I think that number was a half million. So we cannot believe these 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 alarmists. That's the problem with this stuff, with this, the boy that cried wolf. When people lie and lie and exaggerate and lie, then maybe down the line, when they say something they might have a shred of truth, we don't believe them anymore. We don't believe them anymore. So I'm thinking about Biden. Thinking, oh, my goodness. How are we going to make it two and a half more years? How are we going to make it two and a half more years with this guy leading the way? I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an impossibility. I think it's an impossibility unless nature takes its course, and I am a pessimist about that ki- those kinds of things. Um, he, he really needs to resign or there needs to be some kind of an impeachment, a real impeachment to get him out of there once Republicans take over because the guy is a total unmitigated disaster who will not take any responsibility even though he said when he was running for president. Oh, we have a president now that won't take responsibility. Well, I'm president. No malarkey. I'll take responsibility for everything. Uh, if I can read this, uh, Garima, I'll get to your call in a second. Is it is it Garima? I think so. I'll get to your call in a second. Just stay there. Just stay right there. I promise I'll get to you. I just want to play a uh, a couple of videos. This is what we talked about yesterday. This is what we talked about yesterday. In fact, hey, you know what? Before that. Maybe maybe you want to talk about, I don't know what you want to talk about, I have no screener here, so you may want to talk about Biden, I don't know, but I'll put you on, but I do want to get to my next segment, but here we go. Okay, let's, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Okay. Founder of the CEO Hello. Club. Hello, you there? How are you? Good, how are you?
1: I'm too fine. From and where you are. Talk,
0: what do you want to talk about today?
1: Um nothing special. I was just listening to your episode for the very first time.
0: Oh, so you're a first time listener? Yeah. Where are you calling from?
1: Um, I'm from India.
0: Are you calling from India? Yes. Oh, this is great. Absolutely. So you're you don't want to talk about anything, you we're just you're just listening in for the first time? Yes. Great. This is the, very oh, sorry, Say again?
1: And where are you from?
0: I'm doing this show from San Francisco, California.
1: Oh, wow. It's a nice place. I have visited it many times.
0: Have you been it's here
1: my Yeah.
0: It, it, when was the last time you were here? Hello? 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 Yes. Are, are, can you hear me? Okay, when was the last time you were in San Francisco? Do you remember? Nope, I think we just lost. Look, we're talking about India. That's a long way off here. This is the great thing about these shows is that you can get listeners and callers from around the world. From around the world. We had some little connection problem there. But look, I'm getting callers from India now. Indian. I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to know when the last time she was here because San Francisco's changed. I lived here for ten years now. I was thinking about this today too. I've lived here for ten years, and just ten years ago, in twenty twelve, when I moved here, it was so much different. It was so much nicer. There was so much promise living here, and that's all gone. But I want to thank Garima for for calling, and hopefully she'll uh, become a uh, a full time listener. But I do want to play a couple of videos while I have one racked up here and ready to go. This is Fauci. This is a year ago. A year. This is what, a year and a month ago, 13 months ago. This is Fauci talking about reaching herd immunity. Remember, this was May of 2021, I believe. So we're talking what? We're talking what? Several months after the vaccine started getting rolled out. Here we go. Here we go.
1: That that is the case. And if you get an overwhelming majority of the people vaccinated with a highly efficacious vaccine we can reasonably quickly get to the herd immunity that would be a blanket of protection for the country this hasn't been t- and
0: by the way when they talked to fauci more specifically about what it would take to get to herd immunity he would often say 65 70 percent the majority the good the solid majority so 65 to 70 percent of the country getting the vaccine remember back then it was just the two shots of the one shot remember it was promised that there'd be two shots of Pfizer or two shots of Moderna and one shot of Johnson & Johnson. The Johnson & Johnson, by the way, you notice how they slinked away, how that totally went by the wayside, that that was a total garbage, blood clot developing vaccine? They don't talk about Johnson & Johnson anymore, do they? But the Moderna and the end of Pfizer, which most people got, were two. It was two, 21 or 28 days apart, okay? Now, this was, two, this was last year. This wasn't 35 fucking years ago. This was just last year. Fauci said 65 to 70%. Of people getting it would get to herd immunity. Okay. And here we are in San Francisco with 92% of people and our cases of the highest of anywhere in San Francisco. Okay. So this is Fauci 13 months ago saying 65 to 70%, the solid majority of the country getting that two shot regimen would get us to herd immunity, meaning no more disease. Okay. That's that video. Here's another video. This is an even better one. This is Fauci also. Let's hear him. If
1: get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated, we will get to herd immunity. If we do it in the next six months, it will happen in the next six months. If we do it in the next two months, it'll happen in the next two months. I would support that if you want to get on a plane and travel with other people that you should be vaccinated. When you hear us say, should you mandate vaccination for children to be able to attend school, some people say, oh my goodness, that would be terrible to do that. But we already do that and have been doing that for decades and decades. I don't know what school you went to, but the school that I went to, you had to be vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, polio, or otherwise you couldn't go to school.
0: Yeah, you know why? Because those vaccines actually worked. Those were actual diseases that were killing huge portions of society. And those vaccines actually worked. You see, those worked. When you got them, the reason why you had to get them to go to school is because when you got those vaccines, they worked. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been mandated, right? If they didn't work, like these vaccines don't work. That's why those vaccines worked. Those were actual diseases that were killing off huge portions of society. Nothing even close. COVID never came close to any of those diseases, okay? And I would remind Fauci, that yes, while schools certainly I remember my little card mandated those vaccines that worked when they mandated those there was no vaccine passport to go to a play you didn't have to show your rubella vaccine passport to go to a fucking play you old fool did you No yet New York California they continue to do that with a vaccine that doesn't stop the spread But there's Fauci talking once again if we get if we get to that 65-70% in the next 6 months The disease will go away in six months. If we can do it in two months, the disease will go away and we'll go back to normal in two months. This is all lies. This is a year ago, not 30 decades ago, a year ago, okay? You don't like the facts too bad. Anyone out there, you are not allowed to have your own facts. You can have your own opinion. You can bemoan the fact it wasn't true. You can come up with excuses for why it wasn't true. But this is what was said. Here, and here's the guy I have to cue this up, so be patient with me.
1: Oh, wonderful to Here's hear the him.
0: guy. Let me just get to the eight minute bye, mark bye. here. Here we go. You, you'll the recognize this voice.
1: The people who here. are sort of most resistant to uh, the restrictions and and the, and the things that have modified and gotten the way of regular life uh, that we all want to get back to uh and to highlight to, to to people who who are sick and tired of covid who are sick and tired of uh, having to wear masks or or being told to wear masks mm-hmm. um, getting the vaccination and making sure that everyone gets the vaccination is the way to get through it. And we've seen in some countries that as you hit that sort of 50-60%, there starts to be a plateau or people sort of say, okay, I'm not sure about it. Well, we've now vaccinated millions upon millions of Canadians uh, and we need to power through to get to above 75% vaccination. If we're going to do that everyone even the people who are hesitant need to get that and that's why we've deployed
0: okay there he goes first of all he said we see in some countries that 55 to 60 percent get vaccinated and they get to herd immunity the virus goes away but let's let's just shoot for 70 75 percent in canada where's canada now let's shoot for 70 75 percent in canada and and we'll get to herd immunity that's what he said he just got it for the second time Not only are they well past the 70, 70 percent mark, there's been not just one, not just two, not just three, but four vaccines, four booster shots. And he still got it for the second time. Here is Justin Trudeau a year ago, almost a year ago to the date, saying if we can get to 70 to 75, 55 to 60 percent, it'll go away. The virus will go away. We get to herd immunity. Lies. They were all lies. And you see these people talking, whether it's Fauci or Trudeau, their whole trajectory of talking about this stuff, you can hear it in their voice. The excitement is, if we get to that 65 70% vaccinated rate, we'll go back to 100% normal, and we don't have to worry about this anymore. We'll get to zero COVID. We'll get to herd immunity. If two out of every three people get this vaccine, we're going to get to herd immunity. Are we? are we? Like I've said, over 90% vaccinated in my city. And my city has had recently the most cases in the entire state of California and hospitalizations are going back up. Over 90% vaccinated. They are full of shit. They have always been full of shit. Like I said, this is a year ago. We got something called YouTube now. Okay. We have social media. You're on record. You're on record. Do you hear Fauci? 13 months ago, did Fauci say unless there were three more variants, which are not covered by this vaccine? Never said that, did he? Did Trudeau say unless we get a Delta or Omicron, then everything I'm saying is moot? Everything I'm saying is then negated? Did he say that a year ago? No. He said if we get to 65, 70 percent, and in some countries, 55, 60 percent, we get to herd immunity. And what did herd immunity mean in the minds of most people? It meant we go back to normal and the virus is gone. That's what it meant. And that's what it was explained as meaning. Total horseshit. Come on. I don't care if you like Trudeau. I don't care if you love the shriveled up Fauci. I don't give a shit. What they said is what they said, and it was one goddamn year ago, and they lied. Or they're incompetent. You see, whether they were lying or they're incompetent, either way, they go out the fucking door. Either way, they go out the fucking door. Excuse my cursing. If you want to call in, call in. If you want to talk about this, this. I won't yell at you. I won't yell at you. You want to call from India? You can call from India. I'd like to know how things are going in India with COVID. I have no clue how things are going in India with COVID. Might be an interesting discussion. But look, I just played three videos. There are three million videos out there I can play. By the way, Rochelle Walensky, don't know if you've heard of Rochelle Walensky in places like Canada, but Rochelle Walensky said, she said six months ago that Omicron was covered. She said eight months ago, every Single variant will be covered by the vaccines. And when Omicron came around, she said when Omicron came around, it was absolutely 100% covered by the vaccines. More bullshit. More bullshit. YouTube it. Six months ago. Not six decades ago. Six months ago. They were either wrong or they lied. They were either wrong or they lied. Daniel, you're on the air.
2: Hey, Mike. So, um, yeah, what they lied about more specifically is that um, by, by implying that we would get closer to the herd immunity point, um, what they are lying about is that the vaccines would uh, influence transmission or infection rates, um, we, we we got to, to the herd immunity point, and we got there without the vaccines. Actually, we got to that herd immunity point before the vaccines were widely distributed. the, the herd immunity, uh, herd immunity, and the herd immunity point are, are, are different things, and the the, the the terms are misused tremendously uh, in, in in by the media. And, and even by epidemiologists, I, I think that most epidemiologists really do not understand what herd immunity point means, and it's it's, it's an inflection point. Um, if you were to plot the number of infections at any time t, um, the uh, the 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 inflection point in in that in, in that plot, and that's where the 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 slope of a line tangent to the plot that plot. Goes from increasing to decreasing. Its rate, right as it goes from increasing to decreasing, that that's that's the herd immunity point, and it happens shortly before you hit the peak in the number of infections. Um, it, 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 it has to happen before you hit the peak in the number of infections, or else you are not going to hit a peak. Um, and, and so, I mean, that, that's what people that's what they're getting wrong. What they're getting wrong is is that, or what they got wrong, what they bold-facedly lied to us about was that vaccination was going to change was going to get us to the herd immunity point more quickly now even with influenza vaccines and and with with any with any vaccine that's not really a sterilizing vaccine it doesn't really influence they, none of them influence rates of infection or I should say rates of transmission or rates of infection. And that's the same thing that we should all have expected if we were listening to true experts rather than the Fauci's of this world, rather than the Winskys of the world, true experts, infectious disease experts, that they would have told every one of you if they're being candid, and many of them were prevented from being candid, but if they were being candid, they would have said, just like uh, the influenza virus, no, we wouldn't expect the, any of these vaccines to prevent transmission. Uh, we wouldn't have respected any of these vaccines to f- prevent uh, infection. That just like with the influenza virus, we are hoping that it's going to decrease the severity of disease. That would be the hope. That would be what everyone w- could have expected, given our Would over, when was the first uh, influenza vaccine? Uh, 1940s. Given our over. Uh, 80 years of of, of experience with uh, influenza-type vaccines, that is exactly what we expected, that it wasn't going to change the rate of infection, that it wasn't going to wait for change the rate of transmission, and therefore it wasn't going to, to get us to the herd immunity point any more quickly. That specifically is what they lied about, and that is the big lie that coerced companies and governments to mandate I shouldn't say mandate to coerce by virtue of losing their jobs, by virtue of losing their educations, um, by virtue of just not being able to participate in society. That is is the is the this is the big lie that fueled this coercion to get
0: vaccinated. Well, now, on top of that, what we see basically is these vaccines wear off pretty quickly, but the side effects don't seem to wear off very quickly, do they? The myocarditis. We see Justin Bieber. We're seeing all these Bell's palsy. I think they said Bell's palsy cases have gone up like 400% over last year. We're seeing mortality rates in 18 to 49-year-olds double and triple and quadruple from 2020 to 2022, from pre-vaccine to post-vaccine. And all those deaths are not even related to COVID. They're related to the vaccine. So what we're seeing is vaccines that the efficacy, the good part of them wear off quickly, but the bad part of these vaccines, the side effects can last for a lifetime. We're seeing people get paralyzed. Okay. And what i what's really bugs me, you know, Vinay Prasad, who's in San Francisco, just put out something. that said, vaccine efficacy against symptomatic disease must count any case that occurs after randomization. That's how trials work. The Pfizer documents suggest horrifically poor vaccine efficacy. Okay. And I'm looking at this chart that he put out, and it shows efficiency endpoint. After first COVID-19 occurrence after one dose, 14%, right? Dose one to before dose two, minus 29.7%. These numbers are horrible. They're they're disgustingly horrible. None of these numbers say anything about a 95% efficacy, which is what Trudeau said, which is what Biden said, which is what the Democrats said, which is what Newsom said, which is what uh, Fauci said, which is what Walensky said. Where did they get that 95% number from, Daniel?
2: (sighs) Uh, it's a it's a good question and i think we'll be learning more about wh- exactly where the 95 percent numbers come and um we are learning in real time right now um the the many deceptions that are occurring uh with respect to childhood vaccinations and the numbers that they're giving there um they're doing very very similar things um i i, I, I i'm, I'm I'm going to have to to review the literature on this before before I speak about speak about it more clearly. But the uh, the efficacy and the efficacy when we, when we talk about efficacy, it's always what is called a relative risk number, and, and that relative risk number uh, they've been claiming somewhere around eighty eighty five. It, it is nowhere near eighty eighty five for children. Put put all that aside. No child, no healthy person of any age should get these vaccinations. And the reason for that is that 99% of people, we have known this very early on, 99% of people that succumb to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, that is the 99% of those who die due to a SARS-CoV-2 infection, have at least one major chronic disease. 95% have on average two and a half chronic diseases. We have known this since at least April of 2020. Mm-hmm. We have known that, and, and so to, to think that any healthy person now let's let's look at the numbers. Well, if you were to believe that the CDC's numbers, and, and they are f- for sure going to be an overestimate of the number of people who have died due to, to due to COVID, and if you do, and if anyone out there listening doesn't believe me, I would like you to go and look up the CDC statistics for influenza every year. They give a huge ninety five percent confidence interval. There, they don't count the number of infections flu influenza and we aren't counting the number of of deaths from from uh, SARS-CoV-2 either these are always estimates and they are always revised but when it, when it comes to the um, the risk that anybody has for for dying from SARS-CoV-2 and and this has been known like i said since April 2020 at least your risk from from dying from a SARS-CoV-2 infection, if you are healthy, is far far less than your risk from dying from a slip and fall. Ten thousand people die in this country every year from a slip and fall. Yeah, if you, I- you are one of that one percent of four hundred thousand dying from from the SARS-CoV-2 infection every year, that's four thousand. So you're more than twice as twice as you're more than twice uh, 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 as likely. To die from a slip and fall than it's from a SARS-CoV-2 infection. Well, this if is you're, you're a healthy
0: person, while, But this is—I want, I want, I want to get to other stuff tonight, but I want to do one more thing while you're on the line. And this is from Keen Bextie today. Um, new, despite making up only forty-eight point six percent of the population, so despite making up less than half percent of the population, those who received a booster vaccine account for eighty-two percent of new yeah, COVID. Wait, eighty-two percent that, 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 that. of new COVID deaths between May eighteenth to the twenty-second of this year in Canada.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you shouldn't extrapolate too much from that, though, because that's that that was between that was in a, a particular time window. But but yes, if you look at the rates of 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 death in the unvaccinated unvaccinated versus the vaccinated, the rate in the vaccinated is higher than in the unvaccinated, or, or should they say the rate of hospitalization is higher in the, un, in the vaccinated than in the unvaccinated. There's, 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 there's no question about this. And this is reproduced
0: across every Western world country. That is what they're seeing. And every single person in the quote unquote media, every person in politics or celebrities, they all have not only had their normal two doses, they've had all three, if not four of them, just like Justin Trudeau. And they're constantly going on Twitter. It seems like every couple of weeks saying, oh, I've gotten COVID for the second time. I've gotten COVID for the fourth time. These are all people who have been vaccinated and boosted. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody saying I haven't gotten any vaccine. And oh, boy, do I wish I had it because I got COVID for the eighth time. They've all been boosted.
2: Yeah, he, do you remember? I'm sure you remember early on when, uh, when uh, well noted physicians like Jay Bhattacharya and and John mm-hmm. Ioannidis, both from mm-hmm. Stanford, um, had conducted studies to try to ascertain what the infection fatality rate is for uh, for SARS CoV two, um, and, and it was just flabbergasting that CDC, our CDC, did not undertake this. On their own to get really good statistics on this they just they just didn't seem to care so so people like Ionides and Bhattacharya were, were out there were doing this, and they estimated um that their est- you know the estimates w- w- would change a little bit through throughout the epidemic but by and large uh, John Ionides has been sticking with that in in the end he said that this would be about a point zero zero one five ifR. Um, And it turns out that he is probably going to be just spot on. And the reason I say this is because the CDC told us over two months ago that uh, essentially the entire population of the United States, 94.7 percent at that time, had already had the SARS-CoV-2 infection. You can bet that that's virtually the entire population by now. And if you divide the number of, of COVID deaths by the, uh, the population of our country, you get a 0.003. Now, you have to take into account that most people have had the infection at least twice. So that gives you a 0.0015 number, just what indd said. and that is And that is probably going to end up being even too high because... The Atlantic, for example, put out a great article about six months ago going through insurance records show, showing that the um, that the number of COVID deaths had probably been overcounted by a factor of two. Right. So exactly. in the end, in the end, we're going to have d- turned our world upside down for something that barely has an IFR greater than the post influenza virus uh, Influenza virus infection by, 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 and post-influenza vaccine IFR rate is what it should be saying. Right. Uh, now,
0: wait, now, 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 I, have to, I, I have to go on to another subject here, but I, I want to end this for now on this. Justin Trudeau just got this for the second time, right? We're seeing many politicians getting this for the second and third time. So Justin Trudeau just got this for the second time. Yet, as he gets this for the second time, right? As Justin Trudeau gets this for the second time, they have now taken away the restrictions of flying within Canada. So now if you're flying within Canada domestically, you no longer have to have the vaccine passport anymore. It was an abomination This ever happened, and it's abomination that lasted this long. So people are saying, wait a minute, the prime minister just got COVID for the second time, yet as he gets COVID for the second time, meaning of course COVID is not gone, he's dropping, they're dropping all these regulations. That doesn't make sense. Well, this is why we're getting back to normal, not because of the vaccines. We're not getting back to normal because of masks. Cases are high everywhere. Hospitalizations are going up in a lot of places. We're getting back to normal because people have told the politicians they're sick and tired of this. They're not going to live like this forever. In other words, we're forcing ourselves to go back to normal. The masks, the vaccines, the mandates, the restrictions had zero to do with it. We're seeing people like Trudeau getting it, two, three, four times at the same time, all these restrictions and mandates are starting to go away. they told us the restrictions and mandates would go away when the cases went away, when the hospitalizations went away. But why are we going back to normal? Because we are forcing ourselves to go back to normal. It has nothing to do with cases anymore. Nothing to do with hospitalizations. Nothing to do with deaths. People are tired of it. And they don't care how high cases are. They don't care how high hospitalizations are. They don't care how many people are dying. They're not doing this for three, four, five years. So the bullshit that people say, oh, well, look, the mass and vaccines have worked. Aren't these restrictions going away? Well, no, they're going away simply because the people are saying, you're going to go away if they don't go away. Biden, you're going away. Democrats, you're going away. Trudeau, you're going away. Therefore, politically, they're going away. And this is what Jay Bhattacharya said a million times. When we get back to normal, it won't be because of health. It won't be because of science. It won't be because the virus is gone. It'll be because politically, we're going to go back to normal. Politics is going to get us back to normal. People are going to get tired of two and three years of living like this. That's the only reason why these restrictions are starting to be rescinded, even as these same politicians who put these restrictions in place are getting COVID two, three, four, five times. That's the last time I'm going to talk about this today. But we'll talk about it more because Because of people like Trudeau and Democrats in this country, this will never fully go away. It will be rearing its ugly head over and over again, and the threat of masks and vaccines and vaccine passports and even lockdowns will be hanging over our head until Republicans take over in this country and the Conservative Party takes over in Canada. Okay, what I also want to talk about today is... Someone put up a photo, and I've been retweeting it like crazy. I think it's a great photo. And it says, never forget January 6th. Now, wait, wait, don't get upset. It says, never forget January 6th. And there's a photo of a gas station. And it says a buck ninety-nine. That's right. January 6th of 2021, gas was under $2 a gallon. That's what I remember about January. That's why I'll never forget January 6th. I'll also never forget that, that inflation was 1.4%. On January 6th, inflation was 1.4% on January 6th. Gas was $1.99 a gallon on January 6th. Baby formula. You could find baby formula anywhere on January 6th, 2021. Not now. This is why this is what's really important. And this is why the Democrats keep putting up these smoke screens, these ridiculous smoke screens, because they don't want people talking about that. They don't want people talking about the low gas prices on January 6th, 2021. They don't want people to talk about the low inflation rate on January 6th, 2021. They don't want people to remember that you could get your child fed on January 6, 2021. The Democrats hadn't totally destroyed small businesses yet on January 6th, 2021. They don't want you to remember any of these things. So they're putting up this smoke screen and this circus, the Circus Act on television the circus act this one-sided obviously one-sided circus act in which they've allowed two republicans two republicans to be on the panel and those were hand-picked by pelosi as the two republicans in congress who have most hated trump's guts for the last decade right cheney and kinziger known trump haters from day one let me tell you something people who know me and listen to me know I am no fan of Donald Trump. I want Ron DeSantis to be the nominee. I want Ron DeSantis to become president, not Donald Trump. Okay? He's had his turn. He's had his time. He is, has baggage, and he's corroded with a lot of different reasons. So I'm no fan of Donald Trump. Okay? However, this is obviously a political hit job. There's no doubt about it. It's obviously a political hit job. And the reason why the Cheneys – how, how disgusting is it? How how vapid and disgusting is it that Democrats all of a sudden love a Cheney? All of a sudden Democrats think a Cheney is so fucking remarkable? Are you kidding me? Give me a fucking break. The reason why the Cheneys of the world and the Kinsingers of the world don't like Donald Trump is because he didn't kiss the ring. Remember the Godfather where well, they had to kiss his ring? Trump didn't kiss the Republican establishment ass ring. That's why they hate him. He wasn't part of the good old Republican Boys Club, like Dick Cheney. That's why they hate him. From day one, they hate him. How dare an outsider? How dare someone who's not crowned? How dare someone who doesn't bend the knee and kiss the ring of Dick Cheney, of the Republican establishment, run for president and win? How dare you, you peasant? that's where it is. And it, forget that Trump has money. If it's you or I, they would hate us just as much. They hate you if you have money or if you don't have money. If you're not part of the club, they don't want you in. And that goes for both parties, not just the Republican Party, the Democratic Party as well. This is why they hate Donald Trump. It's the only reason why they hate Donald Trump. They hated Donald Trump from day one before he did anything doesn't matter those policies worked. It was way before January 6th that the Cheneys and Kinzigers hated Donald Trump because he's not part of the good old Republican boy club like Dick Cheney, like Darth Vader. That's why they hate him. And I hope Liz Cheney gets her fucking ass kicked in the primary. You know, it's truly amazing. It's truly amazing how politicians do this and they don't realize why they're hated so much. Democrats don't realize why they're hated so much. These establishment Republicans don't realize why they're hated by their own people so much. They're hated for good reason. They're hated for very good reason. And this is all part of it. Speaking of hateful people, speaking of hateful, absolutely hateful people, what I can't stand is watching Have you ever seen the end of the stock market when the stock market closes and all those friggin' wealthy elitist assholes are up there on the podium? They go, "Ah, down 800 points, people losing their life savings, 401k's going down the toilet. Will they stop with this shit, with clapping? What is this crap about everyone sitting up there, 10 people with these morons, these elitist wealthy pricks, clapping when the stock market crashes? And they still do this? In 2022, with inflation at 86%, gas at $5 a gallon. Now, the stock market goes down 800 points, and they stand up there and they clap. What are you clapping for? Is it a game to them? Well, I guess that's what it is. It's a game. It's a game to them. I'm tired of that. Just end that, just end this pump and circumstances, this ridiculousness, tradition, asphalt tradition. I just watched that today. I couldn't believe I can thinking, wait a minute. They're standing, is that like a replay of like when the market hit like 35,000? I can maybe see that. I can maybe see a day where it's a milestone day. We hit 37,000 the first time. Let's clap. But they're standing up there clapping day in, day out with the mark going down 500, 800, 1,000 points. By the way, the market is now lower than it was when Biden took over. Every gain over the last year and a half is now whoop, out the window, out the window. He's no longer playing with house money now. We're in the negative now. We're below, the stock market's below where it was on January 20th of 2021. Another thing I remember about January 6th, the stock market was higher than where it is now. And this is just the beginning. We can have a recession. We can have a, a total crash. And there they'll be up there, these morons, these leaders clapping like trained seals as everyone loses their life savings. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. We have a few minutes left in the show. So if you want to call in and talk about whatever, vaccines, masks, stock market, Biden, whatever you want to talk about. I saw Ron DeSantis on on Fox News yesterday. Again, what's interesting is, you know, they always ask him, are you running for president? And he never says no. That's what's always striking to me when they say, well, he's probably not going to run. Why does not he just say no? Right, It's the middle of 2022. I mean, everyone's really going to decide by early next year, March, April next year, probably this time next year, we'll know exactly who's in and who's out easily by this time next year. So he could easily just say no and end it, right? But he's not doing that. He's not ending the talk. He just says he's not talking about that. He's talk, so, you know, the, the usual thing. We hear this in a lot of politicians when they're asked, right? They say, well, yeah. I'm not talking about that now. My focus is on my state. I got to win my election. I, I'm the only reason why he's right. The reason why people are talking about him is because Florida's doing so well. You see, if Florida wasn't doing so well, they wouldn't be talk, They wouldn't be talking about him. You don't see all these people asking Newsom if they're going to run. You don't see all these people asking Kathy Hochul if they're going to run because their states are in total disarray, and they totally fucked up during COVID. But they're asking Ron DeSantis if he's going to run because he's done such a great job. And he just does a great job with COVID, the best job of COVID any governor by far. That's why he's constantly asking if he's running. That's why people want him to run. But the interesting thing is he never says no. I mean, if I truly had no aspirations to run for for president in 2024, I would say not running in 2024, maybe some other time, maybe 2028, who knows. But he doesn't say that. So I think he's going to run. I'm going to make a prediction on June 14th year of 2022. My prediction is, that Donald Trump will not run again, that Joe Biden will not run again, that Bernie Sanders will not run again, that Ron DeSantis will run. So you ask me, okay, Mike, you just said Ron DeSantis going Who else is going to run? Who's going to run for a Democrat then? Who's going to who Well, I think you'll see Pete Buttigieg run. I think you know, Amy Klobuchar will run. I think uh, Kamala Harris will run. I think Elizabeth Warren will run. Does it sound like the same old, same old? Yes, it is. Because Democrats have no bench. They have has-beens, wannabes. For the Republicans, I don't know. I think uh, if DeSantis runs, I can't see anybody coming close. I can't see anybody coming close. You know, people said if Trump ran, no one else would would run. I think if DeSantis runs, I don't think anyone else should run. I don't think anyone has a shot against him. Nobody has a shot against him. There might be some people who run who want to be vice president and want to show them, want to audition for him. That's possible. But I can't see anybody having a shot in a Republican primary against Ron DeSantis. I just can't see it. I certainly wouldn't support anybody else. So that's my prediction. That's my just seeing Ron DeSantis and him not just simply saying no. He doesn't just say no. Shut up, everyone. To Shut everyone up. So I think he's going to run. I just think it's at the point now where he has his own election. He can't say he's running for president before he even runs for re-election for governor. It doesn't make any sense. That shows no respect to the state. And actually, that could, you could lose if you do that. So I think, uh, I, I think that he's going to wait to win re-election, which he will easily. By the way, Florida, I believe Ron DeSantis said, I forgot what year, how long it's been. But he said at one point, Democrats had like a quarter to 300,000 vote surplus. Now the Republicans have 170,000 votes. So it's like a half million voter turnaround. There are more rich Republicans and Democrats in Florida now, the biggest margin ever. So he's going to win re election easily. Even Democrats like him there because Democrats and independents in Florida look in New York and California and they go, ugh, that's not, that's, that's, we don't want to be that. We want to be what Ron DeSantis has made Florida. So they're going to vote for him. He'll win re election in the landslide. And then after the holidays, as we go into early next year, he will announce he's running for president. And you'll be able to play this show from June 14th of 2022 back. And Mike Catropoli will be proven right. As always, that's my prediction. All right, is there anything else we're gonna talk about today? Let's see. let's see if there's one more thing I wanted to talk about here. I'm gonna go through my Twitter feed and see if I can find one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, well I, I think I think ending the show today, I think we're gonna end on we're gonna end on this. I think that when it comes to You know, I I, I talk about this a lot. I talk about, you know... Oh, here Trudeau. Once again, get back to Trudeau. Trudeau was caught without a mask again. And Trudeau, when called out for not following his own mask mandates during his travel with world leaders, said some vapid thing. Let's see what he... He said something to the effect of, every step of the way will be continue to be guided by the very best science we can. He didn't say he was wrong. He didn't say he was full of shit. He just, in that very passive-aggressive way, he once again said... I can just spit in your face. I can tell you what to do, but I don't have to do the same. So he said, oh, I'll just follow this. As though the science says the peasants have to wear masks, but the people who make the rules, they they don't have to wear them. The peasants have to wear them. The people who make the rules don't have to wear them. That's science, according to Justin Trudeau. So once again, he's a soulless, vile creature. And I want Canadians to get rid of him. Get rid of him already. It's so much easier to get rid of a leader there than here. You can have a recall. No, what, do you, what do you call it? No confidence vote. Get rid of him. My goodness, I wish we had that here. Biden may have been gone a year ago. Get rid of the guy. He's vile. Absolutely vile. But just like Canada, just like the United States, Canada has a lot of low information, vapid oh, oh sorry, voters, and they vote based on looks and age and all that nonsense. Um One thing I wanted to end on, and I'll talk more about it. I don't want to go into it tonight because we've already done 45 minutes. And since no one else is calling in, the heck with you. No, I'm just going to end on this. You know, what's really amazing is these gun laws. They want to do the Republicans and Democrats. There are 10 Republicans, including Lindsey Graham, who want to do these red flag laws, which basically what they will do is they'll confiscate guns from guns will be easily confiscated through legal loopholes with these red flag laws. In other words, if I don't like my neighbor, if my neighbor's a Republican, and I'm a liberal, and I know my neighbor has a gun, I can report them, and their gun can be taken away from them. I can say this, I can say he threatened me, I can say he's done this, I can say he's been saying things on social media, and with these red flag laws, it'll be really easy, really easy to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. And the Democrats are so full of shit they talk about how they, 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 they hate violence and they want to stop stop gun violence they've done nothing to stop gun violence in San Francisco where they run they've done nothing to stop gun violence in Chicago that they run they've done nothing to stop gun violence in um, in New York City, which they run, and all these red flag laws will do basically is take guns away from law-abiding uh, white citizens. Yet the inner city people in Chicago and new York. And Los Angeles and San Francisco, you know who I'm talking about, their guns will not be taken away from them. And Democrats have done nothing to take their guns away from them. The Democrats have done nothing to stop violence in inner cities. They've done nothing to stop violence. They've done nothing to stop black people from killing other black people. This is why when you go into these inner cities and you talk about defunding the police, they say, what are you, crazy? The people who actually have their lives on the line, their lives at stake, they don't want to stop. They don't want, they don't want to, to police to go away. They don't want to defund the police. It's the white liberals who live in wealthy areas away from the crime who want to defund the police, okay? Not people who live in inner cities, black, white, brown, or otherwise. They don't want to go, the police to go away. If the police go away, they're dead. They're done. The criminals take over. So this is a Democrat bullshit of, oh, we must stop gun violence. But they've done nothing to stop gun violence that happens every weekend in Chicago, where 10, 15 people are killed on holiday weekends, or any weekend, but especially on holidays, the number goes up two, three times that. And all these red flag laws will do, once again, is make it easier for the government to take away guns from law-abiding citizens. When the criminals, the gangs in the inner cities will always have the guns, and the Democrats will do nothing to take those guns away from them, do nothing to stop crime. Nothing at all. This is why these laws don't work. They do not work. And one thing, and I've talked about this before, who the hell would trust this government after what they've done, after two and a half years of COVID, what, what, who would trust this government to decide who can have guns and who can't? Do you trust this government to take your guns away, to decide who can have a gun and who can't? Then you got Lindsey Graham, who loves war. Lindsey Graham gets off on war, okay? He gets off on war. He loves war. He loves bombing other countries. Now, all of a sudden, he cares about gun violence here. In other words, this guy doesn't mind bombing other countries. He doesn't mind his country having a bloated military. He doesn't want you to have a gun. He doesn't want you to be able to protect yourself, which, once again, what these red flag laws will do. They will. In other words, they put it in the hands of this government that fucked up so much during COVID. To decide who has guns and who doesn't. Who's a threat and who's not. And what will happen? Their political enemies will be the ones they take the guns away from. The people whose ideologies they don't agree with will be the ones who they take the guns away from. Their political enemies are the ones who will lose their guns. Not the bad people. Not the criminals. Not the inner city gangs. Not the mass shooters. Law-abiding citizens will lose their guns law-abiding citizens, and the hypocrisy and the Democrats, the hypocrisy of someone like Lindsey Graham, when the Democratic cities are overrun with violence, overrun with gangs, people getting raped and looted and shot and robbed. And Lindsey Graham, who loves war more than anything else, wanting to take your gun away, your gun, You want this government to have that kind of power over you after what they did, after what they showed us, after two and a half years of how they handled COVID, the way they locked you down, the way they made you wear masks, the way they made you get a medical procedure, to go to a concert, to have a job, to feed your family. They're the ones who are going to decide who can have a gun, who can't. No way. No way. Anyway, I'm going to have to go. We've almost done an hour here. Um, We'll talk more tomorrow. It's only Tuesday. Relax. Everyone out there, just relax. It's only Tuesday. Long way to go. So we'll talk more tomorrow about all this stuff. I think I got a lot in today. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I had a couple of callers, one from India. All right. We're building. We're building. This has been a Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Get them the hell out. Vote them out now.
1: See you tomorrow.